What's up, everybody? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Big Blue. How are you doing? How was your night last night? Good morning, man. I just got out of work, so that's why we're running a little late. But good, good, good. Today's early enough where I might be able to put some of this in my tea. Oh no, dude! You're gonna you're gonna put it down at <laughs> at nine a.m. Jeez, goes to you, man. I'm having water though. <laughs> just a little bit of my tea, just to give it a little bit of flavor. It needs some flavor. <laughs> oh man! Well, you know, for those that don't know, Blue works overnight. So although this is our morning, this is Blue's night. Yeah. <laughs> Am I correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I worked so 10 I, hours. Dang, man. Dang. Any any craziness happened last night? Yeah, man. Somebody like chopped like half their fingertip off, man. So that's pretty cool. I had to wrap it up and it was too much for us to handle. So we had to send it to the ER. So. Oh, man. I was going to ask, do you think you saved it? I don't know. I wrapped it up good enough to get to the ER. I'll tell you that much. Was there enough of the finger to be saved? That yeah. Yeah. It was enough. It was enough. How, how much would you say? Well, she didn't completely cut it off. She more like did like a, a slicer kind of deal. She oh. sliced. She sliced a quarter of the tip off. So, jeez. You know, I've done that before. Once you take the bandage off and the and the flap just falls, you're like, yeah, that's a pretty good one. I don't know. See, I did that with my pinky one time. I was uh, I used to work at a uh, at Waterburger when I was in high school. And I was cleaning the tomato machine, the tomato slicer. Yeah. And um, I was joking around, which is what I shouldn't have been doing, obviously. It was my fault. So I was joking around with one of my buddies, and he was making a joke, and I wasn't paying attention. And as I was cleaning it, I just right down the pinky about a quarter inch and half. And it kind of went like that, opened up. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I kind of freaked out. I wrapped it up. <clears throat> And I, I went to my manager and I was like, yo, like, uh, I think I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> and they're like, why? Your shift just started. And then I like, I had it wrapped in paper and I opened it. They're like, holy crap. Yeah, go, go, go. Yeah. Right? So I go to the hospital, right? And at the time I was probably 17, maybe 16 years old. So I was under the age. And uh, I'm there and there was a, a coworker, my coworker uh, that I was joking around with. He had to take me. And he was all pissed off. He's like, man, I can't say I witnessed the accident because they're going to drug test me. And I was, <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, why should you be worried, sir? <laughs> well, anyways, uh, I end up going to, uh, they, they end up putting me in there like, oh, yeah, man, you're going to need some stitches for that. Now, I am terrified of needles. I understand I got, I got tattoos, but it's a different type of needle. And so... I was like, whoa, what? Like, you're going to have to, like, sew this thing back together again? And they're like, yeah. I was like, well, um, you know, I'm only, like, you know, I'm under the age of 18. Uh, don't I need my, my parents, not just this guy that works with me here? <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're like, you know what? That's a good point. Uh, you might have to come back. I, I eventually just talked them out of doing it, right? So I end up going home and just super gluing the SOB together. I mean, you can kind of see a line there, but it pretty much went away. Yeah. It, it took forever to heal. Yeah, it takes forever when you glue, when you stitch is better. <clears throat> yeah, yeah I, man. I think it took, uh, I think it was something like, shoot, like two, three months, man. And, and then it sucked because it would heal a little bit, and then I would catch it on something. <laughs> and it would open up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, that that bothered me. I think it took like overall like freaking forever, man. Like several months for it to heal that way. But it oh, was yeah. better than getting the stitches. I'll tell you that. Nah, the stitches would have been seven days, seven to ten days, and you would have been done, man. I'll tell you what though, there was one time I, I was working in construction. This is a brand new house that's being built, you know, like three hundred thousand dollar house, and I was installing the the microwave uh heat he, a microwave vent fan. Mm -hmm. Those things are heavy, man, and I smashed my finger. But now you know, you smash your finger, you keep working. I kept working, and then I just felt something warm on my arm. Ah, I'm sweating; it's hot as hell. There's no, you know, there's no power, so it's hot. Right. And my buddy, my buddy came around the corner. He's like, "What the hell did you do?" I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, 
Look at the floor and look at your arm. I, I sliced it right here when I didn't notice. Ooh, so yeah. I was just dripping for like about five minutes, just dripping all the way down my arm and all the way on the brand new flooring. I had to clean it for the super clean yeah. light. Yeah, man. I, I I have used super glue several times. Yeah, so back back <laughs> then, it was like there was no tissue. So the GFI used to come in with inserts of paper. So yeah. I just got I just got the, the, the GFI paper and some black electrical tape. You know what I mean? And then that's it. Uh, it, healed, it healed up just fine. So you don't yeah. need stitches. Yeah. See, for those one time. So when I first moved uh, to San Antonio, I was working in. Um, in sales and one of the sales jobs i had was in the roofing we had a big o hailstorm that had hit and i was a project manager for a roofing company and we did sales out there and um we worked through uh and i only did this for like seven months because i am deadly terrified of heights and i had to get on roofs and so i didn't do this for very long <laughs> this was not my calling <laughs> but uh the money was good right so i tried it you know but it came with with why you know i realized real quick the first time i had to get on the roof was a three-story house yeah. and i realized all right now i know why i'm making so much money up here this shit's scary and so oh, yeah. uh uh <laughs> one time i got on the roof right now i'm deadly terrified of heights and and this house was like maybe two you know, two stories and I, I get my ladder and the homeowner comes out and watches me which was weird because that had never happened to me right and so um i climb up the ladder and normally like i pray before i get off the ladder and get onto the roof <laughs> <laughs> and in this situation i um you know i had somebody watching me so i was like man i can't be a little punk i gotta go i gotta get off of it right so i did it real quick right boom boom i get on the roof i i, I do my job and you know check for the hail spots or whatever and um I come back and uh, the, the homeowner had gone inside. And at this point, I realized where I had put my ladder at was in a pretty crappy position. And, and I was like, holy smack, I, I, it was in a very steep part of the roof. And the ladder was also too steep. I, I did everything too fast. And so I started to like slowly creep my way. And there was two parts of the roof. There was this part and then there was an overhang over it. And I was yeah. kind of leaning on that overhang and there was gutters on it. And my freaking shirt got caught on the gutter. I didn't know that until I tried to get on the ladder. I tried to get on the ladder and then something pulled me back. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. And I start freaking <laughs> out. And I realized my shirt is caught. And so I go and I un, 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 uncatch my shirt. And I get on the ladder. And I get down. And at that point, I'm like, oh, thank God I made it. <laughs> yeah. So I go out and I start filling out this little, you know, reports right for the hailstorm and um i look down and there's all this blood under me that's what the hell and i look at my arm and i have a cut on my hand too from where i unhick my shirt i sliced my hand on the gutter but i was so freaking scared <laughs> i had no idea that i did it none whatsoever uh cleaned it up put some super glue and that thing also <laughs> healed in a, in a few weeks but, oh yeah man <clears throat> i think some of the sketchiest stuff i've done is uh in mansions you know what i mean they have yeah. like 30 30 40 foot ceilings you know what i mean and uh yeah there's one time i was in this one big old house and i had to walk the feeders across and on uh, the feeders way it was, a, it was it was i was walking like the ac feeder the furnace and the stove feeder which is the main power for all the big appliances so I was pulling it on my shoulder and I was walking through the beams, but I was like, "Well, we, we measured to sh to do the shortcut through the through the living room." So I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna walk through the beams." I've done it a thousand times, but these were like long. This is a big living room, probably like thirty foot wide living room, right? Yeah. As I'm walking these beams, you know, thirty, forty feet in the air, they start wobbling, man. You know, and I'm I'm 300 pounds pulling like 300 pounds of wire on my shoulders, and these things are just wobbling back and forth. And I stopped like halfway and started having like a panic attack. <laughs> 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 That's all right. That's all right. I don't know if I'm gonna make it, man. These things are wobbling. And he's like, just keep going. You're almost there. So I made it across, and then when it was time to put up the the Reese's cans, it's like 
I'm not going up there. You, you, you can, <laughs> you can, you can send me home. I don't care. I'm not hanging those Reese's cans unless you get a, a lift or something. Because those things wobble. So my brother went to do them and he was uh, like, "Yeah, I think I need to get my harness and tie myself off to some beans because they they weren't they were too long where they would just wobble. Anybody anybody that step up there." Yeah, dude, that's terrifying. I wouldn't get up there, man. I am scared, deadly scared of heights. There, I and mean, even even my wife knows. Look, she's trying to get me to talk about my zip lining incident. There, uh, I, I did it. I did it. No screaming, no nothing. But there are some pictures of me, and I'll, I'll see if I can get them out here, and I'll pull them up for the next show, um, where my face looks very concerned. <laughs> I look so scared up there, but. Uh, Let's get into the conversation for today. We wasted 12 minutes already. Uh, everybody wants to hear about everything. And I'm hearing a lot of folks saying great show last night. I want to I want to emphasize on one thing that we talked about last night that was coming up a lot in our live chat and, and messages after the fact. We kept getting notifications that because the ABC broadcast that we were listening into had stated that Brian Coburg didn't attend class Monday after the incident. And we were getting a lot of notifications that class was canceled that day. Class was canceled at the University of Idaho. Um, Brian Coger attended WSU, and this is from the spokes, Spokesman Review from Spokane, Washington, uh, referencing um, the response from the school and how um, WSU didn't cancel anything. So this is an article that says something could happen to us, WSU students frustrated by the school's response to the slings near neighboring U of I. And it's right here highlighted. Canceling classes was never part of the discussion for the university officials, Wheeler said, because the attack didn't have the same impact to Washington State University that it did to the University of Idaho, which for, I, for one, think that's not accurate whatsoever. I think that should not have been done. I think they should have uh, canceled it. Now, they, they go in there and talk about how they gave grace or whatever, but... You know, to go out there and say they weren't going to have an impact so close, uh, I feel that that was um, that that's an inaccurate statement. What do you think, Big Blue? Yeah, I mean, I think they they probably should just to ease their students' minds, probably given the day, but they didn't because it wasn't in their town. They probably weren't too worried about it, even though it's only ten miles away. Yeah, which, which is pretty crazy. No, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. I, I mean, I, I just would have thought that they would have done that. So, yeah, I'm out of whiskey. I mean, tea. Tea. <laughs> hilarious, big blue. I know, it's actually bourbon. It's actually bourbon. So, so today we got some new documents that were dropped. There's been a few documents that were dropped um, here recently. Uh, some of them having to do with uh, cell phones. Uh, some that are subscribers unknown. Uh, you know, I don't know anything. You know, I, I look through those. Um, I'm not sure where, where they're going with it. I'm excited to see what it is at trial. We haven't spoken about it because it really doesn't point in a direction of anything other than just speculation. Like you, you, there's nothing in the unsubscribed phone numbers that that points towards um, there being anything. If it's the victims, if it's you know. Um, I couldn't see anything in those things, but I know that there was a lot of rumors out there um, referencing that because they were at, um, looking for warrants in um, Kaylee's phone and her apps from Kaylee's phone that maybe perhaps they didn't have her phone. I don't think that's the indication. I don't think that's correct. I think that um, they would have had to have had warrants for what's on that phone regardless. And we spoke about this last night as well uh, about those things. Um, because in the ABC News podcast, it spoke about how law enforcement, after seeing the scene that they had, had left and then applied for warrants for several things. And so uh, to enter the house and to treat it as a crime scene. So we know that aspect. Now, what came out today uh, or a few things that came out, this is in reference to this is the reply and support uh, motion protective order. Um, this is all referencing the IgG, the um, genetic information, the, the genealogical tree. And so we'd seen that the defense has come out and stated a bunch of things, used some language that was like trying to say, uh, yeah, 
how can I put it? There was some things that were said by the uh, defense team uh, that was almost like they were, I, I can't, they were clapping at the, uh, at the state. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's the best word to say, you know, there were certain things that were, and I can't think, think of the, you know, a, a reference off the top of my head. Um, so they were, they were trying to like, um, downplay the situation saying something like, uh, how do you expect us to do this, but we don't have the evidence or all the evidence for Brian Coburg. And I felt that the state kind of went back with the same type of attitude. And I'll show you what I mean as we go through it. Yeah. So um, this is reference. The defendant has not demonstrated that any uh, subsection of Rule 16 requires disclosure of the IgG information. Uh, Rule 16 contains several discrete categories of information that the state must disclose to the defendant in a criminal case that follows the state need not disclose information that does not fall into one of the discrete categories, at least absent an order from the court upon motion from the defendant showing substantial need for in preparation right, um, of the defendant's case and the defendant is unavailable, unable to, unable without undue hardship to obtain the substantial equivalent by other means. So this is just a bunch of, um, all right, here it goes. First, defendant badly asserts that the IgG information rather obviously falls within the ambient uh, of rule 16B4, but fails to explain how the conclusion results from the language of the rule object at P3 requires disclosure of documents and tangible objects only when the documents or tangible objects are material to prep uh, to the preparation of defense are intended uh, for use by the prosecutor as evidence at trial or were obtained from the defendant or belonging to the defendant at best the state can tell defendant is not asserting that a b or c applied to the igg information presumably then defendant was attempting to show how the igg information is material to the preparation of his defense when he asserted that someone other than the defendant may have placed his dna on a k-bar knife sheet but the state is at a loss as to how that theory supports a claim that the IgG information is material to the preparation of his defense. The SNP profile used in the IgG was created from the same DNA used, to, used for the STR analysis, and the state is providing the SNP profile and information related to the STR analysis and discovery. If the defendant wishes to explore the theory that his DNA was planted on a K-bar knife sheet, he is free to do so, but the family tree created by the FBI has no relevance to that theory, which makes a lot of sense. So basically what they're saying is, how does this genetic tree that they were able to create off of a DNA profile that the Idaho State Lab created, how, how does that tree that they create some sort of evidence that somebody planted Koberger's DNA there? Yeah. Those well, two things don't correlate, right? Those things don't make any sense. No. Yeah. So, and the other thing is, like, even if he wants the FBI stuff dismissed, the state still has the DNA that they got and the profile they made. So it's still a valid sample. Right. And so, you know, and, and I, I like some of the verbiage that they're using here because this is the type of verbiage that was given back to them you know the the, the defense was saying things like you know um let me go back up here and, and i'll read it from here uh badly asserts that the igg information rather obviously falls but fails to explain how the conclusion results from the language of rule at best the state can tell is you know um, hold on let me see the state is at a loss at how the theory supports claim that the IgG. So they're going into like this, like huge reaction, like using some pretty powerful words there and statements to, in my opinion, sh shoot down that reasonable doubt that the defense was trying to create. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I get it. All right, let's continue. Um, Next, the defendant attacks an argument the state never made, <laughs> which, 
All right, let's see. Let's see. He claims the state argues that if the later STR testing is accurate, then there is no reason to concern ourselves with how the state came to investigate Coburger. But for the purpose of this motion, the accuracy of the STR testing is beside the point. The state referenced the STR testing in its motion to demonstrate the difference between the STR analysis and the SNP profile used to conduct the IgG. The difference is not one degree, but of kind. The SNP profile and the IgG was used to develop a lead, not to demonstrate substantive evidence of guilt. On the other hand, the STR analysis is substantive evidence that the state intends to use at trial to prove accusations against the defendant. As demonstrated in figure below, the STR analysis and the IgG based on the SNP profile are distant processes. The creation of the SNP profile and the IgG have no effect whatsoever on the results of the STR analysis. And this is basically what we have been explaining for the last few weeks. Thank you so much, uh, Bernadette Thomas, for your 199 Thank you. super sticker. We appreciate that. So we have been saying that initially the um, Idaho State Lab created a profile and that profile is the STR profile. They then sent the DNA uh, to Texas to create an SNP profile. That SNP profile is used to try to create a tree so that they can determine uh, this, you know, relatives to the DNA sample. Yeah. Now, the result of that SNP profile is what gave a lead to law enforcement to test Brian Koberger to the STR profile. Right. So it's only the lead. So that SNP is you can look at that as almost like a lie detector test. You know, somebody decided to go take a lie detector test. You can't use it in court. It's none of those things, but it could give you an idea of something. Right. Somebody says something in that, you know, lie detector test could give you some uh, a clue as to where to look and go yeah. get evidence to build your case. And so this is the exact same thing. Um, the FBI's, you know, uh, lab is basically saying, all right, we did this genetic testing on this piece of uh, SNP profile. We believe that if you find Brian Koberger and build a proper case against him and get a warrant based on your investigation against him, not on this genetic tree, but on the merits of the case that you're building, that when you test his DNA to your STR profile, uh, it'll probably be a match. Doesn't even yeah. say that it's for sure because they don't know. They didn't test it directly. Yeah. So they, and then they, they didn't do all those things. Yeah, and they didn't say exactly it was Brian. They just said oh, the Kohlberger family. You know what I mean, that's how they had to test the. They they started searching the area for people with that name. Right, and so, you know. And, and it's kind of like what I've been saying this entire time. Like, it, it doesn't make sense um, to give the SNP profile information to the defense. Now, I mean, does, let me rephrase it. Uh, hey, Daniel Blue, who will hit 40,000 first? <laughs> it's a showdown. It, we should do that. We definitely should do that. It is pretty close. Uh, yeah, we're like 100,000 away. Yeah, we're. I think we're in. You know, we're in the lead by like a couple hundred subscribers. Truth and transparency is catching. Like we're going back and forth. It's pretty crazy. Uh, she's a good show. You know, we all don't think you know like or have the same opinion in some things, but a lot of love and respect for truth and transparency. Yeah, she's a cool person. So <clears throat> when it comes to this, so like I mentioned before, many times, many many times that those things don't they don't have anything to do with it like it, what is the optimum goal of the defense the optimum goal of the defense when they're looking at evidence is to have the evidence that's going to be used against their defendant not be used against their defendant and thrown out is that accurate yeah so right now this evidence is not being used against their defendant so what are they asking they're asking for this evidence to be used or given to them so then, then they can have it thrown out so that we're back at square one. It still does not affect the case that they created to get a warrant for Coburger's uh, DNA. And so that's what they're basically saying in this. 
Uh, let's continue. And Raylan Nolan is the laboratory manager at the Idaho State Forensic Lab Services, explains in her affidavit filed um, with this reply. The STR data and SNP data cannot be directly compared. When the lab does an STR analysis, it does not require submitting agencies to notify the laboratory how a suspect or subject was identified in a case because how a subject or suspect was identified has no effect on the laboratory analysis performed on the known reference of the sample from that individual. It also has no impact on the statistical calculations performed when doing a direct comparison of the reference sample STR profile with the STR profile developed with or from the evidence sample. Though the defendant starts to assert that it is rather obvious um, and that subsection applies to the IgG information, he again fails to articulate how that follows from the language of rule. Instead, defendant criticizes as puzzling the state's assertion that B5 does not require the state to disclose what investigators do with the results of reports from scientific experiments. Far from puzzling, that conclusion is compelled by the plain language of rule, which simply requires the disclosure of results or reports themselves. On written request of the defendant, the prosecuting attorney must permit the defendant to inspect, copy any results or reports of physical or mental examinations of, and of scientific tests or experiments made in connection with a particular case that are in possession, custody, or control of the prosecuting attorney or the existence of which is known or available to the prosecuting attorney by exercise of due diligence. Upon uh, under defendant's novel theory, I like that, the novel theory, this subsection would require the state to disclose everything down to the investigative stream of scientific experiment, regardless of its relevance at trial. The authors of that subsection could have included that requirement, but chose not to. Thank you, Mikey, for your $10 super chat. For the pup fun, bro, for the rehab helps and recovery. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Um, for those that don't know, my, um, you know what? I'll just play the clip. We'll take a quick break real quick. I'm going to go get a drink and I'll play the little clip. This is my little buddy, Nelson. Nelson became a part of the family about four years ago. Unfortunately, just over a year ago, Nelson was diagnosed with IVDD, intervertebral disc disease, which affected his rear legs and he was unable to move them, leaving him paralyzed halfway through. We were left with two difficult options. One, put him down or two, go through a very costly surgery, which only had a 50% success rate and also go through costly uh, post-op rehab. We chose to give Nelson a chance and go through the surgery. Fortunately, with the surgery and rehab, Nelson is able to move and walk again. But those surgery costs and rehab bills are extensive. And so in efforts to recuperate some of the finances, we've decided to do a raffle. We're going to be raffling off a four by three handmade quilt. This quilt was made by my mother-in-law. As you can see that there are bones that are stitched together, you know, for the front and to the backing. It's a high quality quilt. One that uh, we feel that you and your pet, if you have one, uh, would thoroughly enjoy. How do you enter? Uh, all entries will be done through Cash App. It is a $5 per entry dollar symbol drunk turkey chef uh, please put your name and shipping address in the description uh, you can donate if you choose not to be in entered into the contest a raffle will be on the 28th winner will be chosen at random and not need to be present on the live uh, nelson says thank you and good luck Thank you, Mike. We appreciate that. And this is actually the quilt, guys. Let me um, pull this up real quick. So if there was a couple of folks that had uh, sent us cash apps without putting their shipping information, if um, you want to just donate, that's fine. Um, no problem. But if you want it to be entered into the raffle, uh, send us. If you ended up sending us a, you know, a cash app but didn't put your shipping information, just screenshot your cash app and then... Um, Email that to us at Drunk Turkey Show with your shipping information, and we'll put you into the contest. Um, but this is the, uh, the quilt. Kind of see some of the uh, bones there. Is 
Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> say, thank, thank you, Rocco. His dog name was Rocco. Yeah, yeah. You know, our prayer, our prayers to you, man. I know that's that's a um, that's tough, man. Um, what you've gone through, and so you know, thank you so much, and we appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. So <clears throat> let's get let's um, continue. Defendant cites two additional subsections 16 that have no application of IgG information by mentioning and passing that the IgG information is covered by rule uh, statements and of prosecution witness. The plain language of those rules forecloses his argument. Uh, and so, you know, they kind of let's, let's go into the next section because it's just all a bunch of talk that is scientific stuff or record stuff and codes. Um, so in B, it says here that the defendant does not have a constitutional right to discover all aspects of the investigation. Defendant contends that a massive investigation came to focus on him and him alone and asserts that this means he has a right to discover the investigation that led to him. The contents of his claim suggest that he is asserting a constitutional right to discover anything and everything related to the investigation. But his asserted right finds no support in his decision in the decisions of the Idaho Supreme Court or the U.S. Supreme Court. In Horn, the defendant moved for discovery that included records that fell outside of Rule 16. The trial court eliminated the language and discovery and requested that went beyond Rule 16 and limited the discovery order to the language paralleling ICR 16. The Idaho Supreme Court affirmed uh, the court reasoned that the state has a constitutional duty to disclose to the defendant exculpatory evidence material. To the, prosecute, uh, to, to the preparation of this case, but further found that there is no constitutional requirement that the prosecutor make a complete and detailed account to the defense of all police investigatory, investigatory work on the case. Um, interesting. So, defending out, saying, what's that? That's not saying that they don't have to disclose everything to them because that way the, the state's law isn't over there. Right. Their state laws is they don't have to disclose everything. They have to disclose everything that's exculpatory. I think they have to give them all the evidence that they're going to use in trial, but they don't have to give them like the results of the evidence. For instance, yeah. like if they're going to, if they have, let's look at the, the video of the vehicle, right? If they have eight hours of footage of a vehicle and they intend on using 10 minutes of that footage, uh, they don't have to tell the defense which 10 minutes of that eight hour footage that they're using they just have to supply them with all the footage and the footage that they will eventually be using is that sound yeah. accurate to you yeah that's exactly what happened like have you, if any of you have watched the lincoln lawyer mm -hmm. season, season two they pull a trick like that on him where they're like we're gonna send you the evidence and they send them 20 boxes like no like 80 boxes like he's building up a room full of boxes and they're only using like a page worth of evidence <laughs> that's yeah. a, a tactic it is yeah. a tactic but that is a tactic that they have and it is designed you know for a couple of things and i think that maybe perhaps one of them might be to maybe perhaps force the defense to ask for more time i don't know i don't know let's continue um, so it says defendant now er erroneously claims that he has the uh, very right in Idaho Supreme Court first rejected in Horn a right to discover every fact in the investigation into his alleged crimes. This court should reject that already rejected contention. And in C, the court can use the process explained in the state's motion to verify the IgG information does not contain exculpatory evidence. The criminal defendant has a constitutional right to discovery. The right is not infinite and does not encompass the IgG information. The due process requires all material exculpatory evidence known to the state or its possession be disclosed to the defendant. As the state explained in its motion, the IgG information is neither exculpatory material nor guilt or punishment. The family tree built by the FBI merely pointed law enforcement to the defendant and law enforcement followed that lead to develop a, a substantive evidence of guilt that was used for his arrest and that will use at trial. Defendant theorizes that the IgG process was like a lineup where the government was already aware of who they wanted to target. Defendant's rig lineup analogy defies logic. The purpose of a rigged lineup would be used to the purpose of a the purpose of a rigged lineup would be to use the flawed identification as evidence of the accused guilt or to influence the witness 
to testify a certain way at trial. But here the state has not used and has no plans to use the IgG information to prove the defendant's guilt. And the IgG process could have no effect whatsoever on the STR analysis. Moreover, as the DOJ policy on the IgG explains, the FBI can only use the IgG after investigating agency has pursued reasonable investigative leads to solve the case and the perpetrator identity remains unknown. Boom, that's huge, dude. That is huge. You know why? Because I have been saying for the freaking longest time and I've been getting a lot of slack. Oh man, they knew about coworkers since November 29th. And I've been saying, I understand that they knew about coworkers since November 29th, but he was not a suspect until the IgG report came back. And that is exactly what that says. That yeah. The only way that the FBI could have done this is if they had exhausted all of their contemporary means of uh, building a case and had no leads. Now, I'm not going to lie. This is a, this is pretty big for the defense. This is a big hurdle because the defense is arguing that they didn't that that's that's how they got Koberger's name. All right. Now. The big part about this that for the defense is is the car. Like, when did you figure out it was a 2015 Hyundai Elantra? Yeah. Was it after this information? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, this right here tells me for a fact Brian Koberg was not a suspect. That means all those stops in Indiana had nothing to do with him following him. The ABC News report stating that they were only watching him for four days prior to his arrest, which puts it right after Christmas, seems accurate. The New York Times article stating that they got his name and they had a suspect December 19th. And the Airmail article about when, you know, um, Chief Fry walks in with a pregnant smile on December 19th because there's a car out there in Eugene, Oregon crashed. That's also the day that they got Brian Koberger's name from this genetic tree. It's all making sense. This is all basically proving our point of how things went. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I get it. Now, this doesn't say that that coworker is innocent by any means. This is just saying that they had no idea who he was. And this has happened in many cases, Golden State Killer. They didn't know who he was, so they did the genetic tree. And then they had to build a case against him. You yeah. get what I'm saying? Uh, Long Island State Killer. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that, that long island one was crazy the one we just did this, this, this now that one they're not saying anything about the fbi or any of those things but i can almost guarantee you that they probably did something similar to this oh yeah i mean they got the dna from a pizza crust and right from the you know the hair samples like i'm pretty sure they can match they match them now to them right but yeah so this proves that point that they weren't on to him until they had they had that ah, i'm glad we read that all right let's continue in any event the state is not asking this court and mr Koberger to assume anything the, if the court finds that the igg information is relevant to guilt or punishment the state is simply asking for an opportunity to provide additional information to the court in camera so that the court can decide whether the information the state seeks to protect contains exculpatory information it is desirable and, and proper to hold such hearing before ordering or denying disclosure. Man, that that's interesting. All right, so <clears throat> the declaration submitted by a defendant did not make an IgG information discoverable. In support of his third motion uh, to compel seeking much of the IgG information at issue here, defendant submits two declarations. Neither of the declarations show that the IgG information falls within the scope of Rule 16 of the defendant's constitutional right to discovery. In fact, the court should disregard much of the contents of those declarations as irrelevant and beyond the scope of the issues before the court. Declaration in uh, the Bika Barlow. The court should disregard Barlow's declaration as poorly disguised legal brief submitted by a lawyer who is not counsel of record in the case it is now well established in Idaho that the state content containing conclusions of law by an expert witness is generally inadmissible. 
Uh, I'm not sure what this has to do. I don't know. Let's, I'm just going to read through this real fast, see what this has. Yeah. Getting kind of close on time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, what, are, what are you thinking so far, Big Blue? I'm thinking, uh, well, one of the main questions everybody has, is this going to make the case get pushed back more, or is it still going to happen in October? I think it's still going to happen in October, because they didn't say that they gave them a continuance, right? No. I'm glad you asked that, Big Blue. Yeah, I think it's still going to happen in October. But like I said, I've seen cases here in Texas get pushed back forever. You know, two years later, they finally have the case uh, hearing. So we'll see. Hey, Blue, I'm getting a call real quick. Um, take over for me real fast. I got to answer this. Okay. All right. Let me see. Well, I can't control. Let me see if I can control. Can't control it. Okay. Yeah, he has no bell setting either, which... Let me ask this question. If he got bail, do you think uh, they will let him out? I, I doubt it. Right? He's got convicted for four murders. It'd be a high bail, too. Ah, oh, those bastards got me. It was a scam <laughs> call. <laughs> I've been waiting for a call. That's what I was like. So I'm glad you asked. Because this is the uh, one of the other documents that came out. This is the uh, motion to reconsider ordering state time for speedy trial. So this is uh, uh, from the state of Idaho. This is from the state, not from the defense. So uh, I'll sleep. I'll sleep when I die. That's what I, that's my answer. Was <laughs> <laughs> crazy. So let's get into this. This says here comes now the state of Idaho and by and through the late talk county prosecuting attorney and respectfully request that this court reconsider its order staying time for speedy trial. The law does not allow a defendant to partially waive his statutory right to a speedy trial and thus his uh, acquaintances. Uh, I don't even know how to say that word to the limited stay in this matter could be deemed a full waiver of speedy trial with the potential to create needless litigation in the future. Additionally, this court stay has no practical effect where the parties are continuing to litigate discovery matters and file motions. Speedy trial remains set and the defendant is free to request a stay in the future. Due to these practical considerations, the state respectfully requests that the court rescind its order of staying time for a speedy trial. The state further requests that the jury trial in this matter remain set for October 2nd, 2023, or alternatively that it may be moved beyond a speedy trial period only if the defendant ambiguously waives his right to a speedy trial. The state makes these requests to give the uh, parties, the victims' families, and the witnesses' predictability as to the future trial dates to pr protect the record and to avoid needless speedy trial litigation down the road. So the state is pushing for this October 2nd. They want it to happen then. They want it for a few reasons. They don't want, the only way they want it to go past it is if the defendant ambiguously, or I think I said it right the first time, uh, waives his right to a speedy trial. Yeah. Does that, that spew confidence? Now, that is an awesome car. I've, I've been wanting to ask George, what car is that? I can't tell from the photo. It looks like a Ferrari, but. Nah, that's a Bugatti. Is it? I can't. It's too small on like my screen. That's a Bugatti. Uh, it's not. It's a Bugatti. Um, oh, gosh. I know which one it is. It's the it's the first Bugatti. Not the first one. Well, it's the it's not the but, Chiron. That's the the Phantom. No, no. I'll tell you right now. It is the um... oh man, what was it called? I'm gonna find it in a minute. But <laughs> we get we get distracted by cars too easily. Yeah, dude, we love cars. We love cars. Oh man, it's see that's the it's this is this one. But oh man, that's dope. Uh, we're, we're we're getting off topic, but we're getting off topic. <laughs> the ultimate roadmaster. Yeah. So, how do you feel about? Do you think this is this shows confidence? I think that it shows that 
that they have enough confidence to try them, yeah, that they don't have to push it back for the uh, prosecution to be able to work on their case, that they already have their case. That's what I'm thinking. That's my opinion. I think I think they I think they're confident, dude. They want to do this free trial. They want to have it now. They want to get they want to get it going. They want to knock down the house. I don't think they feel that they need to have it. Like that's a powerful thing to walk the jury. Now, could this be like an overconfident type of thing? Maybe. But if they're this confident, do you think they found something? Maybe they found the knife. I don't know. That'd be pretty cool if they did. And they haven't said anything because they don't have to. I mean, go back to Richard Allen in Delphi. They had a uh, freaking unspent round, you know, for years. Nobody found out about that until his arrest. And they used that in his probable cause because they had that before his arrest. We can assume that they didn't have the knife prior to the arrest of Brian Covert. If they found it, it would have been after his arrest. So it wouldn't have been in a probable cause affidavit. I don't know if it would have been disclosed to us post-arrest. Yeah. I mean, I, I, if they would have found it, they would have let it let it out. I mean, that's a big thing that I doubt it's a knife. But and then it, would would he be that dumb to not hide it that well? Well, here's the thing: if he was only putting his phone in airplane mode when he was going places, if it's an iPhone, I think it still can be tracked this location, right? Nice. I think the location can still. Hey, how's it going? I think the location can still be tracked, and maybe perhaps they were able to. Get an idea of a perimeter, an area uh, for where he was at during the times his phones were in airplane mode and searched that area extensively. Yeah, and maybe they found something. Um, yeah, maybe because I mean that's what I was saying like the other night that they they still able to track them if it is. I mean, there's we say we turn off our phones, but the GPS and like the, the stepping and everything sometimes stays on even though phones off. Hmm. Uh, you have to pull the chip out. <clears throat> yeah, uh, there has to be no no battery power to it. So um, maybe they did were able to track him and see where he stopped for a long period of time, and they can search that area. The Veyron is the Veyron. Yeah, and and the other thing is, hang uh, on, I lost track. I was say, but um, it's made out of metal. So metal yeah, detectors. Yeah. Don't you think I'll, he would have? He would have like. Smelted down by now if he was that smart. Like, you can do what? I would have taken it somewhere and destroyed it, like smelt, like melted it down. I mean, yeah, but then you know, if he took it somewhere to do something like that, don't you think there would be some sort of possible evidence of that being done? No, not if he did it himself. Well, how would you do that? You, you, you buy the melting, like they, they sell the kits online for people who make knives and. Swords, they saw all the supplies. And then just, well, then, I mean, he'd have to go like find one of those off market and buy one cash, no? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like he bought it, the knife on Amazon. He could have gone to the damn flea market and bought the knife and he would have been a lot smarter. It would have been one less item against him. True. So, I don't know. Let's see. He, he does like his trophies, but. And most people would like their knives; they won't throw it away. But most people I mean, should after a crime. Like the one creepy thing that is, hey, what's going on, Lena? Cheating transparency in the building. I think I had seen um, earlier. I saw the Evil CJ show in here too. We have a few creators that come in through. Yeah, there's a few creators I've seen on here already. So, some people like, like the great tricks. You think said uh, this is the knife listed on the PA. One one knife just listed. I thought we had debunked that knife from that warrant as being yeah, involved. I can't remember it, where. Yeah, because it wasn't uh, it wasn't a serrated knife. I think it was just like a like a pocket knife. I think they, they it was off of something, right? That was talking about the knives that they were that were collected. It was off of a special. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but let's see. What is 65 inches? Five feet. Four foot. Four, yeah. Five foot. You got me doing math after I had some whiskey, so I bourbon, so. 
Five, so five, twelve was it? Was it? <laughs> this is where yeah. the math comes in. Twelve, twenty-four, thirty-six, forty-eight, sixty. That's five mm-hmm. feet. Sixty-five is what five foot. Yeah, some five, five, five. Yeah, yeah. So he'd have to dig up a hole pretty deep if he were to, you know, dug this down. Right? You'd have to have gone like six, seven feet. Uh, yeah, but there's a lot of side. streams and rivers. If you gone to any of the big swimming holes before you just dump it in there and hope that some most of the dna washes away true and should i take this should i take this bet blue <laughs> <laughs> i'm not one to bet because every time i bet on my damn team we lose <laughs> i stopped betting in fourth grade on my team <laughs> that, that, that's that's up to you because i have to wear a 49ers shirt this coming season for a game because I lost a bet. So, you know what? You. I'll take, <laughs> I, I'm taking the deal. I'm confident in my team. Let's do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. I'll take that bet. And you know what? My, my father-in-law or his, his best friend is a Browns fan. So I'm sure I could get a Jersey if, if, if hell freezes over and the Steelers were to happen to lose, but I doubt but that's going to happen. Didn't the Browns lose their number one quarterback? But they, they, well, they had a good pick this this year too. So we'll see. You know what? I'm going to force me and my wife to go to that game because we have never gone to a game where the Steelers have lost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a season ticket holder. I have to, that, those t- those tickets haven't sold yet, so we might be going to that game after all. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. So metal detectors probably can tell about six, seven feet. So maybe if he did go out there and bury it somewhere and they can see more or less where they're at, um, yeah. perhaps they found it. Maybe they found it. I don't know, man. To dig the big hole like that would take forever. So he did it with a bunch of time. And then to cover it back up, I wouldn't say he went somewhere with a big lake, pond, just tossed it in, maybe somewhere that he knows is secluded, or mm-hmm. maybe an old well that know he's shut that shut down. Just throw it in there. It's already dug. Metal detector can't reach all the way down there unless you, you know, put it down there with a rope. And so I don't know. I, I, that's why I, I when I think of a, a serial killer hiding the weapon, like I would think that they would have to plan and think where they're going to do everything so if they do get caught it doesn't get traced to them so we'll see hmm. we'll see we'll see only time will tell only time will tell let's uh i'm looking forward to this court i'm thinking about going out there man i think there's a uh court hearing in august maybe we'll go out there Nice. Let me know because I, I I had to ask for days off way ahead of time. But <clears throat> the October one's too close to my daughter's birthday, so maybe we'll see. All right, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. So yeah, they th- this basically just kind of goes into like they don't want the uh, the stay. So the defense did a thirty seven day stay, and basically what that is is um, they did a hold on the investigation so that they can, so that the defense can get the grand jury information. And on here, it states that they've given them the audio of the grand jury as of June, but the transcript wouldn't be available until July 21st. And so they are saying that despite all of that, they still want this to go as planned on October 2nd. And that the only reason, um, the only reason that they want a um, uh, they're just basically trying to prolong this while, you know, taking advantage of the speedy trial. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, let's see. I think they're notice of hearing. So this says here that there's going to be a hearing on August 2nd at 1 p.m. Pacific time. It is an evidentiary items. This could be a very good hearing to go to. Yeah, that's a short notice, man. That's next week. That's not next week. It's like in three weeks. 
Oh, that's right. That's right. That is three weeks. Uh, I don't even know what day of the week this is. Let's see. It's, what's what is August second? I've been up for over eighteen hours. Okay, almost twenty-four. It's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. Maybe we'll go check it out. Who knows? Maybe you'll see us out there. Hopefully, we don't get kicked out of places. <laughs> I, I heard of some. Uh, I heard of some. Uh, uh, some uh, YouTube creators going out there and getting kicked out of certain places. Yeah, I, I heard that too. That the, the town's not too fond of people walking around with cameras and microphones right now. We're gonna have to go incognito. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna wear my glasses. You're gonna have to go in a red shirt. <laughs> Nobody will know it's us. <laughs> uh, that's the only way we'll be able to get around town. I'll, I'll walk around with my backpack and my Crocs. So I can fit in. There it is. There it All is. these college students wear those those Crocs or those or they wear they wear the ugly Yeezys too, which are ugly. I don't like Yeezys. So now, nah, do well. The sliders are fine. I like the sliders. Yeah, but the other ones look weird. The bubble ones. Uh, oh. The 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 foam runners, yeah, I don't like them. I, I bought weird. some of those wish ones. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, they come in small, so you might want to get a bigger size if you do. Get I, I would, I definitely want to go try out the corner club. I, I do too, but I heard that place isn't too fond of media. Well, I'm not media. I'm big blue, and I there it big, is. There it is. I drink on the job. That's what they don't get. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll check. We'll, we'll see. If we head out there. I, I want to see the the layout of the land uh, of where the house is. I want to get a feel for like how steep that um, area is from on the roadway part where where Brian Koberger allegedly could have parked at and walked to get to the back of the house. Yeah. I want to see that area. I want to see how how that looks and how feasible that is. And I want to see it at night too. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple of things I want to see. Like, I want to see um, at night how how clear you would be able to see, you know, if he was, like, from Enon's place, supposedly he saw cars, you know what I mean? I doubt he saw anything, you know what I mean? But, or, you know, drive around, see how, how long it would take us to drive that route that he took. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean... That ABC podcast puts it that it was like 50 minutes or something like that. And, you know, he could have been driving faster or slower. I, I, I don't know. But um, I think it puts him back like at 537, something like that. So from 420 to 537, it's, it's over an hour. So it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. Why would I go to the bar and not order a beer? I mean, that would be. It's like it's like going to a Mexican restaurant and ordering the chicken nuggets. I mean, I only know a few people who do that, but they're kids. No, oh, dude, my wife would do that. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I could probably hear gonna yell in about ten seconds once this goes through. Uh, but let's see. Um, <clears throat> That's all we got for today, y'all. We're at an hour. We did it. We got an hour. Yeah, just heard her. <laughs> uh, so you got any final words? We're going to be back. Oh, we're going to be on tonight on the lab with Josh. Uh, he's been on the channel before. We covered the Summer Wells case. We're going to be on there tonight. Yeah, that is so. true. We, we also have to do some reporting. That's true, too. We want to know what we can hear that night. That is true. Just kind of get a feel from the air. You know, it, it, when we go out there, Blue, I want to be able to, we'll, we'll stand in different places and see if we can hear each other. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? That way, you know, do a little bit of test. I know, I know uh, JLR was out there at, um, at one place and they told him to get off because it was private property where the apartment complex adjacent to, to the victim's house. Yeah, they're like, hey, it's private property. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, he's he's cool man. He's uh, he boots on the ground type of guy. Yeah, I, I like his work. Uh, but he he's got some funny situations or funny instances. There was one time where he was gonna yell at somebody and somebody told him to be quiet or something like right next to me. He's like, you be quiet. <laughs> it was hilarious. Uh, well, 
that's all I got for you guys today. I want to say thank you. I have a really good morning. We'll be on tonight on the lab. Uh, without further yeah. ado, y'all. Peace yeah, out. Take care, everybody. Get some rest if y'all haven't slept like me. Yeah. Get some rest, boo. See you tonight. Peace. Yeah. Laners. He was respectful.